You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest runs a very unique business. Hasara Lay heads Cat Explorer, which is a community movement and lifestyle brand for people who want to explore the world with their cats. Please welcome to the show, Hasara. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Ant. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love the sound of what you're doing. It just absolutely enthralls me because I'm a huge fan of cats. That's so exciting. Yeah, um, we just love connecting with cat lovers all around the world as well. I mean, how can you not love cats? I mean, really, I don't, I don't get these people that don't love them. <laughs> I think it's more, um, you just need to get to know a cat before you really understand them. Because my husband was not a cat lover and he only realized how much he liked cats when he got to know my family cat. So yeah, he always I thought he was a dog person. Thing. People just haven't met the right cat because there's, cats are like dogs. I mean, they've got so many different personalities. And they have different connections to different people as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, I know that you, um, you're actually an engineer by trade and you started Cat Explorer during a career break. What, what compelled you to do it? Yeah, so actually growing up with that family cat that I just mentioned, we actually used to go on road trips quite often because my dad used to work a lot in rural New South Wales and it catteries aren't what they are now. They were little cages mm. that were usually a little bit dirty at the time. So we used to just take her along with us and I never really, like that was a norm for me. So I never really thought about how my parents had to train her to do that or anything like that. And so when my husband and I adopted our two, Lumos and Noxie, we decided that we just wanted to be able to do the exact same thing with them mm. and have that flexibility to decide on a Wednesday, oh, we're going to go away this weekend and be able to just take them along instead of having to worry about a cat, like a cat sitter or a cattery or things like that. But when I started doing that, I realized that there weren't the tools available to do that. So for example, what kind of harness do you use? What, how do you train your cat to go in the car with you? How do you train them to walk on a leash with you? And it became really clear to me during that career break because I finally had that moment to really focus on their training. Mm. And it was during that time that I decided to go to the wonderful world of Instagram. And I came across all these people all around the world who do this as well. Like for so long, for like nearly 20 years, I thought I was the only crazy person who did it. So it was really cool to be able to come across all these people. And it wasn't just coming across them and realizing that there were other people. It was realizing how willing they are to share their stories and share their experiences because they don't want anyone else to go through that experience as well. So I really enjoyed that, but I kept losing their advice in Instagram posts. Yeah. So what I decided was to take that advice out of the world of Instagram and try and create a depository of information on the Cat Explorer website. So initially it was this depository of information of where to get harnesses and things like that. But then as I got to connect with more people in the community, I realized that there's some incredible people out there and I wanted to share their stories and share about their cats as well and their bond with their cats. So then mm. I transitioned what was just a depository to become more of a community. So it has that depository of information, but also has that community feel where we share everyone's stories and we kind of give everyone an opportunity to connect with each other as well. And then after that, we realized that we, it would be great if we could sell products for cats because that's always a challenge. So that's what we've also added to that community too now yeah because i've actually had a, i've had a look at the website and i mean just for the listeners um information there's tips and tricks there's cafes and restaurants that you can go to all about wellness even the backpacks we were just speaking about events and even training your cat 
So there's lots of stuff on there that people can go and have a look at, even if you don't have a cat. We were talking off um, before the interview about that gentleman that I was speaking about from TikTok that takes mm-hmm. his cat on exploring, and it's absolutely amazing. You know the name, though. I've forgotten it. Yes, yeah, so it's um, Simon is the cat. He's known That's as right. Backpacking Kitty in um, on Instagram. I'm not sure what his TikTok handle is. And then his his cat dad is Josh. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, if if anyone wants to go and have a look, seriously, go and actually Google it, or just go and look at look for the name because that cat is one pretty special cat. It's amazing what he gets up to, and he's so. I mean, he reminds me a lot of my cat. I had a cat. Uh, uh, several years ago now, because I've now got my dog, my cat sort of, he actually went missing, sadly. Oh, no. um, I was on holiday and sort of left him at my sister's house. And he was, as they all do, cats are quite freaked out when they're sort of moved about, you know, especially if they're not sort of used to being outside the home. And he had been an indoor cat for so many years. And when I went to my sister's, he actually escaped through a, um, he cut through a, a fly screen and ended up running away and never to be seen again. But he reminded me a lot of Simon's cat because he's, he was so affectionate. Like he just loved people. He loved me. He was always around me, always showing me affection. I mean, he was just such a, a lovely animal. It was literally like having another dog. It really was. I mean, the personalities and, and the traits were so similar. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Your cat, that's really sad. And I think, yeah, like S- Simon, he's really affectionate to his dad, Josh. And mm. I think, um, like from my personal experience, and I've heard this from a lot of people in our community, actually, cat exploring increases your cat's affection towards you. Well, the way they show that. Yeah. Because, for example, um, our cat Noxie, she was pretty standoffish. Um, and for a while there, I didn't think that she was the right cat to go cat exploring because mm. not all cats are suited to it. Some cats prefer to stay at home inside. But now that we've discovered, well, now that she's discovered hiking, this whole new side of her has come out and she's so affectionate to us and to the people that we meet on the trails as well, which has yeah. been really interesting to see because in the past, it was always her brother Lumos who would literally drag us up to people that we were really too shy to talk to but he wanted to go and say hi and get a cuddle so it's really interesting to see her personality come out over the last year or so yeah that kind of stuff because i think that's something that people forget is that you know cats are you know if we weren't around cats would be probably walking the planet (laughs) pretty much happy to be out there um, and we've domesticated them. So therefore also because we don't want them attacking animals and wildlife, et cetera, we're now keeping them in the homes and sort of restricting their boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. But they still love getting out and about. Yeah, exactly. And part of the reason that we keep them indoors is we've made that outdoors really unsafe for them as well. Like yeah. you can, they can get hit by a car, they can ingest something that's um, toxic to them, particularly for those who live in areas with snow, they can in- ingest that, um, I think it's called so- the ice salt. I think that is, okay. that's what it's called. And that's pretty toxic to them as well. So right. by keeping them inside, we're keeping them safe. But if you, if anyone was in but sitting in like four walls all day, they would get really bored. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember my cat used to love, I mean, it freaked me out the first time he did it. I lived on um, the 12th floor of an apartment block in Sydney and I had 
sort of two, like you could exit onto the balcony from the lounge room, but also from the bedroom. So it had sort of two ways of getting onto this small little balcony. And this one day he was sitting in the lounge room. He literally ran outside and jumped up on the railing. And it was the smallest little railing, 12 foot foot up. The bottom of under the railing was glass. Like I, I, my heart jumped out of my chest. I didn't know what to do. So I actually snuck around the other side and then he sort of knew he was a bit in trouble. So he sort of ran back into the unit. But then, you know what I mean? He used to go and do that almost every day. I just never realized. And the, the, the beauty of cats is they do have little fear, especially with things like that. Do you know what I mean? Like that to, that to them is like, yeah, yeah, I'm just chilling out. I'm just hanging out. But he used to love sitting up there and just watching the world go by. Mm. Yeah, that would have made my heart stop too. We live, we have a second story balcony and the cats tend to jump on that too. So that kind of freaks me out. But for those who do have balconies like that, there's now great catios out there. So you build a little, I don't want to say enclosure, but you kind of move your balcony into a way that your cat can be out there safely. So there's like screens that you put up and things like that. So, um, and some members in our community have actually DIY'd their catios and they look incredible. Like oh, the things be so that they've cool. done. And I'm an engineer. I don't have the DIY skills, which is quite ironic, but um, <laughs> some people are capable of doing some amazing things. Yeah. So, I mean, I was very lucky because, I mean, you do have to watch that sort of stuff because I, on the other hand, I mean, my cat did that for, you know, probably three or four years without any, you know, mm. case of fault or injury. But I've got another friend who doesn't live anywhere near as high up. I mean, I think he was on the fourth floor and his cat did the same thing had a slip one day fell off injured himself you know he survived thankfully but it really freaks them out do you know what i mean like it really just the the you know the shock alone really terrifies them because they don't i don't think they quite understand what had happened you know what i mean like they Mm. all they know is that they've you know somehow they've fallen off the balcony hurt themselves and then i only sort of heard from him only about a week ago and um, a similar thing had happened to another of his cats. So he might want to look into maybe safeguarding his balconies. Although the balconies in Sydney, especially when they're lower, are actually quite huge. Um, so it does make it a little bit harder. I mean, the one I had would have been perfect for something like that. But when the balconies are sort of, you know, almost double or triple the size of what I had, it does make it a little bit harder. Just a little bit. <laughs> mm. Now I also know that from your on your your online store, you actually give a dollar from every product to Dog Star Foundation, which support humane. Do- it's a basically a humane dog and cat population management in Sri Lanka. Can you tell us about that? So when I started Cat Explorer, I wanted to make sure that we did some social good. So like, it's been great that we've been able to help so many people around the world with exploring with their cats and help them have a sense of belonging but I wanted to do something a bit further than that so that's when we started looking at a charity or an organization that we could support and for those who don't know I was actually born in Sri Lanka so I've got a Sri Lankan background and growing up each time I went there I used to get really sad because there were a lot of animals on the road or on the street Mm. and I wanted to be able to help them and as I've grown older and each time I've gone back there, I've noticed that it's improved significantly. So I wanted to look into how that was happening. And that's how I came across the Dog Star Foundation. So what they do is 
they spay and neuter cats and dogs on the street in Sri Lanka and they also vaccinate them as well against rabies and things like that and they do some amazing surgeries as well I've seen some amazing things that they've done and so I decided to choose them to support over the next year and then also we're as we go forward we'll be looking at other organizations to support too it's so fantastic I love that that is so amazing I think that um that's what I love actually about traveling around Thailand and Bali is that you see a lot of the animals there, you know, especially cat, uh, especially dogs, but also cats that are living on the street and, you know, have got such horrid lives. I mean, you know, they're, they're basically breeding machines for a lot of their life. Then they're sort of jumped onto the street and left to fend for themselves to find food and, you know, just sort of literally live their life with diseases and illness and stuff and thankfully now there are people that are starting you know these amazing sponsorships that are helping to not only sort of um fix them and heal them but also desex them so they're therefore they're not sort of continuing the vicious circle of you know sort of this horrible life for these these amazing animals so one of the big things I think around that is the cultural education as well and the cultural change as well, because I, like, I've definitely noticed it in Sri Lanka where people are more understanding in terms of what animals need to grow and thrive. So for example, making sure they have the right food, they have the right treatment. And I think for a long time in certain areas, people didn't necessarily understand that if you have a dog or a cat, this is how they should have vet treatment they didn't understand the benefits of desexing them or giving mm. them flea medication and stuff. It was just thought that animals would always have fleas or that they would eat the leftovers from your table. They didn't realize that they needed that nutrition as well. So yeah. I think a lot of those areas have come a long way in that side of things. And also, to be honest, I think in the Western world as well, like if you go down the pet food aisle, it's so different to what it was about 10 years ago. Oh, because definitely. There's more interest in terms of making sure that they have nutritious food and things like that so i think as everyone's actually evolving in that space yeah because i mean it even still happens here in australia i mean you've got as i um i, I say you, you've definitely got two types of people you know ones that see animals as family um and ones that see animals as animals um you know i mean i know people here in australia that have cats that are never de-sexed and are left outside to go and, you know, kill wildlife and, you know, mate with every cat in the neighbourhood. And the same with dogs that are, you know, sort of chained up all day. And, I mean, we even had a case only last week where there was that dog that was chained up to the side of a house and died in the heat. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, education just doesn't happen until with third world countries. It needs to happen all over because mm -hmm. um, we are still doing it here and we're, we're, not, we're not doing you know, we're basically not only doing a disservice to animals, but also just to society because things won't change unless we try and change them. You know, that we need to realize that pets need that little bit more care than what we once thought. And otherwise, I mean, it's not going to be just for their care, but even down to the detecting, it's going to help many other people's lives by coming through and educating yourself and going and getting those things done. And I mean, with a lot of vets these days, they do even offer one day a week where they do, do a cheaper de-sexing service to other days or there's community support out there if you don't have the money and they've got sort of services that will you know, give you a bit of assistance around vet care. So, I mean, there's a lot of options to, for people to look into. You've just got to look. 
I agree. And I think it's also that educational piece and be open-minded as well. So for example, um, I, I've seen dogs do tricks. I've seen them do the fist bumps, the high fives and things like that. And I started seeing a few cats doing it and I was watching a program called Cat School. And I was like, there's no way our cats could do that. But then I decided, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. And I'd never thought that our Lumos would be able to do it. He's not the cleverest cat. <laughs> um, he has challenges with some very easy things. So I didn't think he'd be able to do it. But now we've got a whole fist bump, high five, poor shake routine. We've got spins, we've got jumps. And so cute. it's brought him out of his shell and it's brought so much joy to us, but it's also kind of given him so much happiness. And I never would have thought that clicker training and teaching these, him these tricks would make him so happy. Yeah. So now like at 6.15 or 6.30 every night, he goes and sits on his clicker training spot and he waits for me to do his clicker training routine. Like, because so it just adorable. brings him so much joy. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think that what we don't realize is how, how smart animals actually are. And I mean, the life that, I mean, we give majority of, if we care about our pets, we give them majority of their life, really good care, but we can sort of tend to forget about their brain and, you know, they also want to be challenged and to learn new things. I mean, even with my dog, he's, he's a big lump of laziness, but he still loves his challenges and loves to learn things and loves to do things that are different. I mean, if, if anything, he's such a social animal that, you know, he would live outside if I let him, <laughs> he would be just wandering the streets up to the next person that gave him affection. Um, but you know, so we try to always keeping his life sort of active and, and taking him to places that are new. And so he can sort of get to meet different people and different animals because he, he just loves everything and everyone. So, I mean, we, we try and get him out as much as we can because you can just see it in his face that he absolutely loves it. And then he comes home so satisfied. This is Ants Talk. So with the, um, with the website, I just wanted to get it out there so listeners can actually go and have a look also. It's, so it's www.catexplorer.co. Yes, that's correct. But you've also got a Facebook and yes. Instagram. Yes, we do. So we're pretty active on Instagram. That's where a lot of our community are. So we're at catexplorer.community on Instagram. And then on Facebook, we're Cat Explorer. And we also have a um, Facebook group called Cat Explorer Community as well. And one thing we haven't mentioned is we've also got a podcast. So I'm guessing everyone listening to this podcast likes podcasts. And that's called Cat Explorer um, Podcast as well. And we actually chat to people who go cat exploring with their cats and we learn about their stories and what they did wrong and the lessons they've learned as well as the things that they recommend for others. And then we also talk to cat experts. So for example, cat school has been on the podcast a couple of times teaching us about how to train your cat or even like interesting things. Like if your cat doesn't like treats, this is how you could train them and stuff like that. Oh, too. Okay. Wow. I didn't even think of cats that didn't like treats. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, Actually, interestingly, because Noxie never liked treats until really recently. And it was because we did what Julie from Cat School actually took us through a whole process where we changed up her food and we discovered what she actually likes. So for her, she's got like a hierarchy of treats. There's some treats that if she's just doing an easy trick, I'll use. If she's being really naughty and I need her to behave, I'll use a really, really high value treat. But it's taken us about two years to understand yeah. that hierarchy, which sounds silly, right? But it's so true though. True, yeah. 
I mean, my dog is exactly the same. And the funny thing is, is that um, I don't know if it's something naturally that they do, but I find that, I mean, a lot of the time, because it's a, he's a St. Bernard, I mean, when we take him out, people are like, oh, my God. And, you know, they're like, oh, he must eat so much. And I'm like, well, no, he doesn't, actually. He really is fussy about food. And it's almost like he diets himself. Like, he will eat a lot over sort of a week or two and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, he's barely eating for three days. And I wonder if back in the day when they were wild, whether that was something that they just did naturally or you weren't able to find food. So therefore, they don't need food all the time. I mean, they're not like a Labrador. Um, so a lot of the time, it's been very, very hard to get him to eat. So what I would do is give him a treat. Um, and the funny thing is, is that whenever I do give him that treat, it just sort of almost instigates his hunger. And so he comes straight back in and then eats his dinner or breakfast or whatever meal he's up to of the day. But he definitely has his preferred treats. I mean, I have been through, I would say, hundreds of dollars <laughs> discovering which ones they are. But I've thank- thankfully found two that he absolutely loves and it really works for him. So it's, it's, such, a good, it's such a good find when you actually do finally realise what it is. Mm, yeah, definitely. And what's been really interesting for us is I was like, oh, she must like the super expensive, I don't know, ridiculously priced, but really good treat. Turns out what she loves is the cheap stuff that I can get from the supermarket. <sighs> And she really loves kibble. So we now use certain types of kibble, like dental kibble is her yeah. favorite thing to have. So we now use that for treats specifically rather than giving it to her all the time because yeah. we know that that's something that's really high value to her. Whereas Lumos, he prefers like the super fancy treats. So we do have to carry two types of treats all the time now. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, Hudson also likes the very expensive treats. <laughs> I went yesterday and bought him a bag. I mean, there's probably, they're these milky stick things. And I mean, I would say there's maybe 20, 30 of them in the bag, but it's like $15. It's like, oh, it's just with, because I mean, we, he's, he has very expensive taste, our dog. He, um, he will only eat the finest cuts of meat. I, I'm a vegetarian, so he actually eats better than I do, um, costs more than I do. So he's, um, he's very well looked after, our Hudson. He's very well looked after. <laughs> oh, he's lucky. <laughs> I know he is. He's, he's very lucky to have parents like us. So listen, before I go, I just wanted to reiterate the website again, www.catexplorer.co also on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you so much for having a chat to us. I really, really appreciate it. And um, I think it's such an amazing thing that you've put out there because it is very hard to find communities of, of like-minded people, especially around animals. I mean, thankfully, there's now a lot of Facebook groups popping up, but it's really great that you've got one resource which goes through a whole lot of different items that people can go and look at and basically provoke their interest in. Yeah, it's been um, really incredible to see the kind of people who are in our community. Like I've spoken to quite a few of them. And for example, one person called me all the way from a regional town in Germany. Wow. And she said, like, she said there's 10 people in her town. And I was just like, I would have never been able to contact her, get to know her or anything in any other way had it not been for social media. Like, yeah, that's so amazing. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, we wish you all the best and I, I will definitely be keeping my eye on it because A, I love cats and B, I hope I'm going to have one myself very soon one day because I'm dying to have another one. Um, but thank you again, Hasara. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Really do appreciate it. No worries and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Ants Talk. It's like Oprah, but not.